Hello and welcome to the Wing Women podcast, hosted by best mates and journalists, Frankie Graddon, that's me, and Charlie Gowans Eglinton, that's her. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Franks. How are you? I missed you. I missed you too. Oh, whole two weeks. How was Devon? It was lovely. You know, it's like you were so looking forward to spending time with your family. And then obviously there was the added anxiety of catching Omicron before Christmas and potentially not being able to make family Christmases. So I feel like that really heightened the desire to be with everybody. 48 hours in of being with your family. Hate them all. Yeah. Sit to the back teeth. I do think, for all of us, the time that we've spent in isolation, the winnowing of our social biomes, has made it a lot harder. Certainly for me, I'm used to living alone. Mm. So spending a week with my family, love them though I do, was so much for me. It was overwhelming a lot of the time. And a sensory overload of noises and hearing other people in the house and having to negotiate all of that it was wonderful I had a wonderful time but I wonder how many people felt like me that this was a lot harder it's always quite hard always to go back to being somebody's child when you're used to being an adult and fitting all of those dynamics together and everyone's different routines trying to mesh but I wonder how many people found it really bloody hard this year. Well, it's kind of like going from naught to 60, isn't it? You sort of were in your own little bubble. And I think a lot of people were being super careful before Christmas and not socialising to make sure they didn't get anything before going home or seeing family or friends for Christmas. So then you were sort of even more by yourself. And then, boom, everyone is in one house, drinking too much, arguing, crying. And the expectation is so high. You'd cancelled your birthday, for example. Oh cancelled your plans. Oh, I cancelled so much. And that was because we do know lots of people who weren't able to go home to family or family weren't able to come to them. Lots of people who didn't get their Christmas for the second year running. So we're both so lucky that we got to go home for Christmas. But as you say, you cancelled everything else. And then the expectation that that puts mm. on Christmas to be the best week ever. Incredibly magical. fortnight. I mean, I don't know how. <laughs> I know. Two weeks. It's like that thing of when you are working flat out and you've got a holiday coming and you're just clinging on. You're like, I've just got to get to that holiday. And you build it up to be the most wonderful week of your entire life. And inevitably, you check in and the Airbnb's a bit shitty and the weather's a bit meh and it's really hard to not be disappointed by the reality of something Mm. but it was lovely I don't want to start our first poddy off on a negative it was gorgeous it was gorgy but you know let's be real about the reality I made a steak and ale pie I'm so impressed that you did and then I made it again for friends at New Year's oh my god yum on New Year's Day yum on New Year's Eve because that's quite an intense heavy for New Year's Eve she says I ate a meat ragu on New Year's Eve It was a miracle. I stayed awake until midnight. (laughs) Miracle. Speaking of New Year's, resolutions. Mm. Have you made any? I haven't. Should I begin with, maybe I should make some cushions for those chairs? (laughs) Long-term listeners, I still haven't made cushions for those chairs. (laughs) The fuck is wrong with me? General things that I've been meaning to get around to for ages, Mm -hmm. I should do. Life-changing things? I feel like... Life has been changing enough without any control over it (laughs) that life is different enough that I don't feel like I need to make a big change. 
that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I think we've all been through so much flux that I'm not sat here thinking, God, life's really boring and stagnant, isn't it? It's just the same every day. It's not. We're living in a weird disaster movie. So I don't feel that I want to do big things. I want to pitch a book. That's a big thing. I think that's been my resolution for the last two years, though. (laughs) But it's a big one, so you kind of need to work up to it. Yeah, or never do it, and then just die saying, I want to pitch a book. (laughs) Perfect. Lol. What are your resolutions? Well, I'm normally anti-New Year's resolutions. Mm. I think they tend to be quite mean to ourselves. I feel like normally they're rooted in diet culture or not drinking or going to the gym. And I think January is probably the worst time to start depriving yourself of things. It's so cold. I always forget that Christmas isn't the end of winter. In my head, I skip from Christmas to spring and then forget that there's January and February. It's the end of good winter. It is. It's the beginning of it just still being dark, still being cold, even being a bit rainy. We haven't had the cold yet. No. We've just had some crisp days, as you described this morning. Crisp as a crisp, is what I said. She did. (laughs) You can tell I'm a writer. Anyway, so normally I'm anti-news resolutions, but, but, but... This year, I'm going to make some, uh-huh. and I'm taking a different approach to them. Rather than me striving for self-improvement, I think last year was the first year I really grasped the importance of looking after yourself. Mm-hmm. Self-care is something that we've been talking about for a few years now, and I mean we as in society. I think it's really good that we discuss that. I think it has been turned into something that I'm not really sure what the meaning of it is anymore. I feel like it's moved away from the authenticity of it and every beauty brand and pyjama brand and green smoothie brand is using it as a marketing technique. So it it kind of turns me off it. But I actually did an interview with Adrienne Mishler, who is Yoga with Adrienne. And she is amazing. She works in wellness she's worked in wellness for a long time but she had a breakdown at the beginning of 2021 which she's spoken about publicly and she had to go back to basics and learn to treat herself nicely and I mean she is a yoga teacher so that did manifest in doing yoga but it's not about doing exercise necessarily it's just about doing what gives you a bit of breathing space and a bit of time to fill your cup And that really hit home to me at the tail end of last year that I needed to do that. I think it's very easy to give, 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 be productive, 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 output, output, output. And maybe it's not very easy to think, oh, I actually am going to hold a little bit of my energy back just to invest two seconds in myself. Just like, what's going to make me feel nice? And the benefit of doing that, I really realised in terms of how I treat other people. I was just raging at the tail end of last year. I said it on the podcast. I've bent your ear about it a million times. Raging at Ben, raging at Alfie, not like outwardly raging at Alfie, inwardly raging at ah, being a mum and having to look after people and just raging at the world. And I think it's because I was... We raging at me. Raging at you. No, I actually wasn't raging at you. <laughs> it's but just really like, well. We but just like it. raging... I was just spent. It was all gone. 
And I had two weeks off over Christmas. Obviously had to deal with family. But it did give me a wee bit of a break. And I'm a much nicer person for it. Good. I'm much nicer for it. So this is my thing. I think for me to be a nicer, better person, not better as in more productive or smarter or cleverer, just less of a vile cow. Less of a vile cow. I need to do some stuff for myself. See, I'm good, I think, at doing stuff for myself because I live alone. And so there aren't demands on my time. I also do a lot of just sitting in front of the TV, wide-eyed, stressing about all the things I haven't done and not enjoying anything. That happens a lot too. But I think I'm quite good at waking up and thinking, I'm just going to read my book for half an hour or I'm just going to go for a walk and get a coffee. But I then worry that I'm not able to actually manage social interaction anymore because I've spent so much time alone living alone through the pandemic that I am now well I said this to you yesterday I was the grenade on Christmas holiday with my family nobody has space for everyone so we rent somewhere and this year was Edinburgh which was lovely and my mum is Scottish and it was so lovely to be back there as a family but I went to theirs the night before and I left my coat on the peg when we left the house and we hadn't gone far but we had to come back for it And then on the way back, we checked out of the house in Edinburgh. I couldn't find my house key, but I thought I must have packed it in my suitcase. Put the keys through the letter flap so we couldn't get back into the flap. Then realised I didn't have my house key and had to call the letting agents to come let us in. And that took an hour and a half. It's not even that I was snippy with people, but I totally was because I wasn't used to having that much interaction But it was that my stress level was so high that I wasn't functioning. I wasn't able to keep in my head keys, coat. (laughs) I probably would have forgotten my suitcase if it wasn't in front of the door. I just couldn't think. I was overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. I don't know how you could possibly have managed the last year with a baby and a husband and both of you working from home and not feel incredibly overwhelmed. The amount of times I fantasised about just leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I never would. But I... I mean, never say never. I understand why people do it. I understand why people pack a bag and get on a jet plane to Bora Bora. As you were telling me that story, I thought, I've got the solution for Charlie. You need to microdose socialising. Great. You know how Rasputin microdosed (laughs) arsenic? Just a little bit every day. <laughs> he took his with breakfast. So that if anyone tried to kill him with arsenic, he was immune. You need to microdose socialising. <laughs> Just like, boop, boop, and work it up in increments. Mm. Oh, I've got a nice piece about um, resolutions that I want to flag to you. Tell me. It's in British Vogue, and it's called A Loving Defence of New Year's Resolutions, and it's by Michelle Ruiz. She says, I'm not a sociopath. I also absolutely understand hating New Year's resolutions. They've become synonymous with restrictive dieting, unsustainable workouts and all manner of unattainable goals. The very notion of New Year, New You strikes me as exhausting. Ugh, I hate that New Year, New You. I've no interest in cutting myself down. After almost two pandemic years with two small children, there's little left. Or torching myself to the ground and rising from the ash as a new woman. I love that. That's all the things that I've always felt a wrong with New Year's resolutions. She continues, there's no not cheesy way to say this, 
but I'm advocating for a resolutions rebrand with a gentler message. New Year, marginally happier you. New Year, incrementally more hydrated you. What if New Year's resolutions weren't rooted in self-hatred or drastic reinvention, but were actually just motivation to, I won't say self-care, do more of the things you love to do and be a little bit more of who you want to be? I'm pointedly not resolving to stop doing anything, but rather aiming for goals that are additive. Stuff I actually want to do, little or big dreams, like finishing a novel or performing in an adult recital, but simply lose sight of throughout the course of the year. Are 2022 resolutions in particular a stab at order in a world more beyond our control than ever? Sure. I don't know when Omicron will abate, but I can fill this bottle with water, ice and lemon juice and check a satisfying blue check in my habit tracking app and in some small way it brings me joy. Yes, Michelle Ruiz, that is what I'm going to do. Okay, so what incremental differences are you going to make? Am I going to do? Okay, so this I started last year getting my nails done every fortnight. I know that sounds a bit bougie, but I love having nice nails. If I'm having a shit day and I feel like everything's falling apart, if I look at my nails and they're done, the sense of joy and control it gives me, it is weird. It pulls me back from the edge. I love it. I went on the 3rd of January to our favourite nail bar around the corner. Elysium Nails, shout out to you. You don't listen. It doesn't have a website. (laughs) But it's fucking fantastic. Palace of Dreams. It's a pale, translucent, pinky, blushy, nudey colour. Clean and fresh. Isn't it great? Yeah, it's a blush pink. Fine. I'm so sorry. It's very nuanced blush pink. Did you spend 20 (laughs) minutes? Looking at their range of blush pinks. No. And wondering new charts. which are Did you enjoy the new colour charts? Love the new colour charts. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Anyway, so I love getting my nails done. I love the end result. But it's an hour of just staring at history on their TV. That's and great. I love that so much. So that is something I want to continue. I want to drink more vodka martinis. Ideally with you, but I will also do it alone if you're not available. Okay. I'm normally available. Thank you. I can microdose socialising <laughs> with a vodka martini a day. And maybe a trip to the nail bar because I didn't want to go pre-Christmas because of Omicron. So I had to peel off my shellac and now I've just got little stumps. I'm so sorry. Mm. I want to spend more than 20 seconds slapping some moisturiser on my face. I'm going to massage it in. Okay. I'm going to massage it in and I'm going to look up some sort of lymphatic drainage situation around my eyes because the bags are at an all-time high. And I just look exhausted, and I'm actually not. You don't. I think you look great today. Sort of a 90s, Katie Holmes, Dawson's Creek University era. Thank you so much. Yeah, such a vibe. And then my final one, I'm going to stop wearing maternity bras and actually buy some nice bras. Okay. Not that my maternity bras aren't nice. As maternity bras go, I think I've got the nicest, but they're maternity bras. And they're not hugely sexy or maybe even that flattering. So I think I'm going to buy some pretty bras now that I don't need to whap a tit out to feed Alphaman. Mm. Have you stopped completely? Um, he has a wee little bit in the morning, but that's just a comfort. But over Christmas, I weaned him off the nighttime one. <gasps> Great. And honestly, you should see him. He's got a tippy cup. Him chugging back milk is the funniest thing because he really has to tip it up and he looks like he's downing a pint. That's that good old <laughs> yeah that's me glorious what you could work towards just in terms of you taking some time for yourself is a whole evening away from your baby like a night away but yeah you've never had a night away not that you need to just if you wanted one 
I definitely want you one. You could do that. I definitely want one. And I have four nights in June penciled in for a friend's wedding in Portugal that, quite honestly, is the light of my year. Mm. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. The light of your whole year? Because that's after my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we need to plan your birthday. And also I feel like I need to feed the disappointment I had of cancelling my birthday. I really geared myself up for having a fantastic ritzy night. So I'm going to tip that into your birthday so that we have an absolute mega time. And if there's another variant of COVID that pisses on our parade, I can't. I can't. I know there's that flu corona thing going around that I've just chosen to ignore Florona. I don't I don't want to know it I don't want to know about it I want to go out for dinner and drinks maybe dancing not at a nightclub though I've had a flu jab and a booster jab surely surely you're bulletproof that is me knocking on the wood of my kitchen table okay yes I'm into it my birthday is in February though which is very bleak normally but this is a reason to be cheerful days go Maybe we could go for a spa. Spas aren't very COVID friendly. Oh, yeah. I know, I'd love a massage. Nobody's touched me in so long. Just really like someone to do my shoulders, you know? Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Anyway. What else do you want to talk about? Have you been watching more of Andress Like That? Yes. I'm not fully up to speed. I think there's one episode that's out that I haven't watched. And there's a new one out today. We're recording on Wednesday that... I have no idea what the date is. God knows. Which is so january So January. It's the 5th of Jan. Okay. What you haven't seen, I just can't even... Is it relating to the still that's going around the World Wide Web, where the podcast host has their hand over Miranda's face? Is it that? Yes. Oh, I'm really excited. Tell me about it. I kept pausing it. Yeah. Because normally I would walk out of the room and stop watching it. It's the way they frame it. Okay. Like, they don't have privacy. Oh, no. And that's just all I can give to you. Okay. But it was just like friends of mine when we were 14 at Heatham House. It was a bit PDA. Getting a bit pushed up against a brick wall. Okay. And there's just a row of people being snogged. And you think, guys, I mean, we couldn't save it for the bedroom because no one had access to a bedroom. Yeah. Because we were 14. But I'm not good with cringy things. And Carrie is just... Oh, God, she's, why is Carrie It's there? so much. I don't think I could ever make out with someone with you stood next to me. That would be weird. Well, yeah. Have I seen you... I must have seen you snog people. I hope to God you haven't seen me snog. I've never seen me snog. I couldn't think of anything worse. Surely. I've never understood why people can make sex tapes. Because to me, the biggest turnoff would be watching myself have sex. Ugh. I'm trying to picture it. I'm sure I've seen you snog someone on holiday. In that bar Limon, maybe. Do you know, oh, down know. by the port in um, Old Town Mallorca. Marbella. Yes, Marbella. I was going to say, we went to Mallorca <laughs> when I was definitely engaged and did not snog anyone. <clears throat> Charlie. Sorry. I didn't. I actually she did actually it. did it. <laughs> I, I no, fell into we a ditch to, that holiday. We went to dinner <laughs> sat by the bar and made the bartender guess how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> because we're absolutely ancient and then he asked me to the back of our hands to gauge it which it, gave me the fear it was rude that he didn't <laughs> off the bat just say 18 and not a day older no, right you are Marbella Marbs. anyway this is very convoluted with the PDA thing it's so weird because we've had two years now of not really being able to be in as much contact with people as usual 
And so you'd almost think that we'd be like, yay, PDA, I really want to see people all over each other. But I still don't. Weird, isn't it? I'm a bit like, oh, no, I don't want to see it. Um, anyway, okay. Progress. Hugely, but fantastically. I will look forward to watching. Mm. Fortunately, Ben likes to fall asleep at nine o'clock at the moment. Perfect. Because he tried to blame it on having the booster, but I think that's just him now. So he falls asleep on the sofa at nine, which means I can then watch and just like that. It's going to say that you've already watched it. It was me on your account. <laughs> so yes, it did it. try and put me onto a new one. I was like, I haven't watched episode four. Great. Sauce, but you were just taking a long time. So. I know. Well, <laughs> it's because another downside of spending two weeks with your family, you can't watch what you want on TV. No. You, you can't. Can. Although, one thing I did watch when I was away that I would like to tell you about, The Lost Daughter. It's a Netflix film. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Netflix. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal directed... Right. Based on a book by Eleanor Ferrante, Olivia yes. Coleman, yes, yes, yes. Dakota Johnson, Jesse Buckley. Oh my God. But I've read about this because I've read the first My Beautiful Friend. Yeah. Kind of very stressful. Mm. You know I don't like to be stressed in books. No. Unless it's a book about a real thing. If it's fiction, why am I stressed? Why invent stress? But apparently the book that this is based on is very much about an internal world and internal dialogue so how did that translate it wasn't internal okay it's a small cast they're on an island in greece and i'm sure they say which one but boop, that information cool was not retained a greek island in my head the main character is played by olivia Carmen, who is in her 40s and she meets a young woman played by dakota johnson who has a young daughter below the age of five they're holidaying in the same place she sees them on the beach they kind of befriend each other but in a slightly weird uncomfortable way and olivia common's character watching this mum with her young daughter triggers memories of her own experience of early motherhood so you kind of have the flashbacks and jesse buckley plays young olivia Coleman. you see her loving her daughters but at the same time you see the sacrifice she's had to make career-wise and the resentment she feels about that. And it's not a cheery watch. So if you're feeling blue January, save it until the first blushes of spring are in the air. But it's very cleverly done. Mm. It feels very real. It's got an element of sort of thrill, danger. You don't know if something's about to happen. Olivia Coleman's just wonderful. God, I could watch her in anything. Isn't she fabulous? She, what a range. What a range. And do you know what I love about her? Is I've watched a million interviews with her on TV, most recently. The New Year's Eve episode of Graham Norton. Love. And she's such a fun person off screen. Nothing against method actors or people that take their craft seriously. She really sees the fun in it. And by the sounds of it, when the cameras are cut, she's the life and soul and of the set. And she was talking about, they actually filmed this during the pandemic. And so the whole Greek island was a bubble. And she talks about feeling very guilty that the world was having a horrible time, whilst they were kind of having this amazing time in Greece. Just filming and then going for dinner and dancing and drinking ouzo. Paul Mascal's in it. He's very handsome, which is always nice. Mm -hmm. It's just wonderful. Great. So do watch that. 
And not that Sandra Bullock film that your mum made oh you watch. Oh my God. It was, so that was actually my New Year's <laughs> Eve. We were still in Devon with my family. It was always going to be a subdued New Year's Eve. We have a kid. No one can get a babysitter on New Year's Eve. So mum had been trying to remember a film that someone had recommended her. And on New Year's Eve she remembered. And it was Unforgivable, which again is on Netflix, with Sandra Bullock. It's depressing. <laughs> it's so sad and depressing I cried so much, I threw up. Which is so weird. So that finished at 10 pm on New Year's Eve, and everyone was just sat on the sofa in shell shock, crying. And then we had to cheer ourselves up for another two hours until we could watch the fireworks on intense. TV. Intense. So intense. Anyway, la la la. Also, can you watch Queer Eye? Yes. Oh! Talk about January Cheery Uppers. It's the newest series of Queer Eye. I've watched three episodes so far. Amazing, amazing, amazing. They're in Austin, Texas. They're wearing cowboy boots and denim. They just get better every time. And it's weird because the format is the same. You know what's going to happen. But it's just so good. I love it. I will make time. Good. Although last night, what I watched instead was the first episode of the new series of The Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh my god, fantastic. And I make no apologies. I love that show. It's so good. Yeah. There's a new host. There is. A stamp comic called Ellie Taylor, who is great. She's really funny. She's really warm. She is a great addition. She is there because Siobhan McSweeney, the hilarious actor who... I first saw in Derry Girls. Yeah, brilliant. Has broken her leg. Poor thing. Couldn't do the filming. Devastated. And they did a little video call with her as the opener, which yeah. I thought was really cute and loyal, but maybe it's something contractual. Who knows? Would recommend. I would also recommend, while I was cleaning my house this morning in readiness for you arriving and someone being in my house who's not me, I listened to an episode of the Modern House podcast with Margaret Howell. Oh, she... I listened to it for Margaret Howe, obviously. She doesn't do very much press. She is, certainly within the fashion industry, notoriously... Elusive? Elusive, yes. She never takes the bow at the end of her shows, does she? No, she doesn't. And I've never met her. Um, She doesn't do a lot of interviews. She's not at the press day, she's not at the show. You can't go backstage after the show. Often, as a journalist, if you're reporting on a show, you go backstage and you get a quote from the designer. I've never done that with her. I don't know if other people do. But she doesn't court media and she doesn't court attention in that way. And that definitely came across in the podcast. The host, Matt Gibbard, who is one of the co-founders of Modern House, but also a writer, he used to write for World of Interiors, he asks her to share three of her favourite buildings, which is really interesting in terms of, obviously her design is so recognisable and Margaret Howe, for me, certainly is tied up in the whole aesthetic of the store. So when you walk in, there's lots of Eames furniture, there's amazing ceramics, there's beautiful books... They're often pieces of art or photography hanging. It's a whole aesthetic in my mind. And you get a bit of an insight into that. You get a bit of an insight into her life and swimming off the beach in Aldebra in Suffolk, which she does not in a wetsuit, just in a swimsuit. Yes, Maggie. Important distinction to make. She's just really likeable, really interesting. I found it a really enjoyable listen. 
she also said that as she gets older, she'd quite like to live in just somewhere very kind of small. They're talking about a particular building. She goes, oh, I'd quite like to live somewhere like that when I'm older, you know, a little shed or something. She's very modest. And that's what great design is, isn't it? And that's what makes Margaret Howe such an amazing brand because it's quality, but it's understatement, I think. At one point, they're talking about this renovation project that is one of her picks and the room is round so he says to her how would you go about furnishing that you know when all the walls are rounded and basically she just says they just had it all cut and made didn't they so you just have to have money and I found that so refreshing because it could have been oh I do this and I think you can really you know mix hard lines and round and not that there's not a place for that but I found it really refreshing that she just said you just have to have loads of money to get things custom made don't you which people don't talk about often when they're talking about amazing interior design or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact that things are really, it's really expensive. expensive. Yeah. So I just really liked her and it was great. So I would recommend that. I watched the Harry Potter reunion. Did, did you? you? Yeah. See, I didn't. I watched it with some friends. I wouldn't have watched it, I don't think, on my own. But I went to Yorkshire to stay with some friends for New Year. And we watched that. How was it? It was weird. Mm. But quite nice. I find it weird how the three main characters kind of still look the same it's like the same heads on taller bodies isn't that weird (laughs) (laughs) anyway about aging in general (laughs) show me your book it looks lovely i'm clutching in my hands (laughs) a christmas present that i bought for my mum to give me and my dad thanks mum and dad what a thoughtful present what a hell surprise Um, so while i was in edinburgh i went into the nicest bookshop heaven on a plate which is called topping and company booksellers it's in this gorgeous building wrapped around a corner and it's split over different levels and really high ceiling so you have to climb up a ladder to get some of the books oh chic and they obviously do a lot of events and signings there so i got a signed first edition of an a to z of pasta by rachel roddy She is a food writer. She's British, but she's been living in Italy, in Rome and Sicily for the last 16 years. She writes for The Guardian. She also writes cookbooks. I love her recipes. I follow her on Instagram, where she mostly shares pictures of food and quite simple recipes. So, for example, I think it was last summer, she shared this recipe for red wine cherries. Oh, yes, you've told me about these. They sound delicious. That I have made for friends, not for you. I'm oh, so sorry. Rude. Lost. Basically, just soak the cherries in wine with the bay leaf. I don't even know if there's anything else. I feel like that's it. And then you serve them over, like, mascarpone or ricotta or something. Oh, delicious. Super simple recipes. And this is a book all about pasta. I'm obsessed with pasta. Look at this curly gnocchi. Oh, yum. Fuck me. Curly gnocchi. This is the opposite of a January <laughs> detox. <laughs> detox and in a good way. Look at this paceri con crema de melanzane, pomodorini e mozzarella. I'm like that woman on a podcast who was like, yeah, I really, um, one of my favourite ingredients to cook with is burrata. Don't do the accent. This is paceri with aubergine, two sorts of tomatoes and mozzarella. I love that. I would like to cook more with aubergine. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? That is, I love... You guys can't see the pictures, but you need to it's just... It's like big round tubes of pasta with globs of mascarpone and some globs, rich, that's a good word. rich tomato-y aubergine sauce. 
So this came out in 2021. It's new. Go find it in a bookshop. But also because it's new, you can find recipes from it in the media. You know when they do that when a new cookbook comes out? Yeah. On The Guardian as well. It's just a beautiful book. It's beautifully written, obviously, because she's a writer. And so it has that nice balance that I adore of recipes, but also food writing. Yeah, a bit of storytelling. Exactly. Storytelling that just takes you there. Mm. Because she is living in Italy and she is having conversations with people who have been making this food for generations and getting tips and all sorts of that magical stuff. Lovely. That just makes it much fuller. It sounds transportative. Oh, it's gorgeous. Also, it's yellow. What a cheery... Such a cheery colour. Look. I think that would look gorgy on a bookshelf, whether you cook from it or not. Fucking well. Because one of my favourite things to do is buy beautiful cookbooks and never use them. Fantastic. But I love looking at them in my kitchen. Yeah. So that's like halfway there. Charlie, I want to end this podcast with Cher. If she could turn back time, she'd wear Uggs. Is that what you were saying? She sure would. So we had the Celine Dionysons. A few years ago. Yeah. 2022, it's the year of Sher. She's the new face of Ugg. I can't believe it. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> and she's fronting a campaign with Mac. Oh, I didn't know about the Mac one. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. But that means that she's going to be promoting these things, which means there's going to be lots of interviews with her, which means we're going to just be seeing a lot more of Cher, which I think can only be a good thing. I read one somewhere vanity fair maybe about the ug campaign which is how i knew about that right i'm obsessed with Cher. i think she's wonderful well you've interviewed her which i think is such a life milestone she called me babe oh babe 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 i've got you babe oh she has got me however she wants me even in a pair of uggs do you know what i used to be so snotty about uggs Mm. until i got a pair Mm. essentially and then slipped my foot into that shillingy lindy booty and was like, fuck me, why have I not been wearing these? I was wearing some this morning when I waited for my heating to kick in. Lovely. Mm. God love an Ugg. I maintain that I will never do a croc though, even if Cher fronts a croc campaign. I think they're the devil's work. However, Cher, for 2022, I thank you so much. She still wears Bob Mackie. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Loyal. Yes. I just want to see her in some sort of sequined leotard with a cutout. Yes. I love it. Great. What good news to end on, don't you think? Thank you for sharing it. That's all we've got time for. If you would like to hear more from us, please rate, review and subscribe. And do actually leave a review. Go on. Yeah, please do. Please do. Nobody ever does. Go on, We've had the same five. We've got five very nice ones. There's one not so nice one. Wow. Meow. I know. Why would you do that? Just don't, don't leave listen. one of those. Okay, yeah, maybe. We can't police them, though. No, I know. You write what you want to write. Freedom you of speech. Do you. But if it could be a pleasant one, it would make us feel nice. And it might help other people find and listen to us. It would do us a real solid. Thanks, pals. You can also sign up to our... <laughs> Newsletter. It's part newsletter, part enigma. <laughs> it's like a theoretical newsletter that just hangs in the atmosphere. Yeah. Just a weight above me and Charlie that we're just like, oh shit, we really need to write that. But we haven't yet. Who knows? It might come back. It could come at any time. And, and you'll like, only pow. get it if you're signed up. Yeah, it's like a guerrilla tactic. We're just going to drop it into your inbox. And if you're not signed up, you won't get any newsletters. 
so it won't be annoying. Yeah, so exactly. it's a win, it's a win-win. <laughs> we will not clog your inbox, we promise. You can also find us on social media. I haven't media. told them how I'm to so sign sorry. up. <laughs> Do you go ahead. Just manifest that you want to sign up and ping, there you are. No, you have to go to our website, which is thewingwoman.co.uk, babe. Fantastic. Thewingwoman.co.uk. You can sign up to the newsletter, you can subscribe to the podcast there as well. You can also find us on social media where we rarely post, but <laughs> we are present. And Frankie shared a lovely Instagram story of baby Alfie has learnt to do his farm animal sounds. Yeah, pig, sheep, cow. The sheep is particularly good. He's got the real vibretto of a sheep's bell. I found the horse most surprising because I was expecting it to be like, <laughs> and it's yeah mm. unexpected good tongue action Al. love that love that from you oh at Frankie Graden, at Charlie Gowans and at the wing woman underscore collectively is that it I think so we'll see Lovely. you in a fortnight see you in a fortnight until then have a great start to your new year don't know about you I'm feeling 2023 I mean that's quite oh right is it yeah it's just right over my head <laughs>